This is part two of my interview with Jeff Fields of the Fields Brothers Show, where we continue our conversation on what it means to live on this side of the cross. Be sure to check out part one of my interview with Jeff, and you can find that on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Next week, I'll be interviewing Tolian Trevijan. He is the pastor of the Sanctuary Church in Jupiter, Florida. Be sure to check out that upcoming podcast. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Resolute Men Podcast. We have conversations with men who share how putting their faith into action has changed their lives and has empowered them to impact others. Now, on to today's episode. I mean, what, what would you say to that regard? I mean, I mean, that's kind of what I see as one of the misconceptions. I mean, maybe you agree, maybe you have something else to add to that. I, I don't know. I'm just curious what, you, what your thoughts there. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. You know, it's for me, at least early on, it wasn't a question of eternal destiny. You know, I, right. I, mean, I realize a lot of people do still struggle with that. And right. so that, you know, when you see the finished work of the cross, that all of our sins has been paid for, then that you know, that should take care of that. We should say, okay, yeah, God's not going to reject me eternally. Uh, heaven is secure. And so I kind of got a sense of that early on. And, that, and that, again, that's part of the good news. That was better than what I had growing up. And so I'm thankful for that. But where a lot of believers are where I was at that time, because yes, even though I knew the eternal aspect of it, heaven, hell issue, that that was resolved. That's a free gift of grace. You know, I wanted God to bless me now and not, not even so much in a you know, a, a, a wrong way or in a mm. fleshly way, but I wanted to see God work in my life and lives around me. I wanted to see God glorify. And that, you know, but nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. But I, but I think, okay, in order to do that, now I had to measure up for that. I didn't have to measure up to get to heaven. That's a free mm. gift, but I had to perform and measure up if I really wanted God's blessing in my life day to day. And so that's where I was for many, many years. Yeah. And so where, where I've come to now, and I've seen the last you know, five or 10 years or so, is that just as the initial entrance into the family of God is by grace and through rest and through trusting, so is the growth aspect of it. So is the day-to-day life, that we continue the same way that we started. And the, I think one of the biggest problems among believers today is, is what the book of Galatians um, points out in Galatians 3 in particular, that we start with the Spirit. You know, we start with God moves in our heart. We see something. We believe it. We experience the work of God. But then we kind of use the fleshly efforts to try to keep that going. Yeah. And that, that's where I was. You know, I had that eye-opening experience in 1983. Then my very next step was, okay, I've got to read every book I can find on the subject to, to understand this better. Well, you know, in a way that helped and in a way it did, you know, so I think that was kind of me trying to keep going what I had seen there rather than just relaxing and trusting. A lot of it comes from not really knowing that we're loved and accepted by the father. You know, I never had a sense that God was mad at me. Mm. Uh, I read that at times and here's people, you know, and so that was not my experience. I didn't feel God was mad at me, but I did feel God was kind of disappointed in me. Mm. that, you know, I wasn't quite as disciplined as I needed to be. I wasn't quite as committed as I needed to be. I was sincere, but, you know, um, it just wasn't wholehearted type of thing. You know, we throw yeah. these phrases around, you know, today, okay, you got to be wholehearted. You know, well, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, but, you know, we're going to be monks and, you know, go off or whatever, but, right. um, 
but I felt like God was kind of disappointed. And so it was an eye opener for me when I realized I did not have to do anything to be totally accepted and loved by God as mm-hmm. my father. And then when we learn to relax in father's affection, uh, Wayne Jacobson helped really helped me see this several years ago, probably 10 years ago or so um, to see the, the love of God and some of the stuff that he's written and that he shared in his podcast that um to know that I can rest in that. Because I think, you know, looking back, I think a lot of my desire to be, quote unquote, used by God, I'm leaving like that terminology now, but that's what I would have used then, that my desire to be used by God or to see God work was really came from a place of insecurity in my own heart that I, I wanted to feel better about myself. I wanted to feel more special or more significant or whatever. And as long as we're looking to what we do to meet that need, uh, mm. we're going to run into trouble. But when we realize that that desire of the human heart to be loved, to be accepted, comes from our Heavenly Father, and that is totally complete. And it's like, you know, that Luke 15, my, my mind goes back to that more and more in the story of what we call the prodigal son, but just the love of yeah. the Father, you know, that all, you know, that, and toward the end of that chapter, when he's talking to the older brother, all that I have is yours. And so we don't, and so when we, when we're able to rest in that, we are totally loved and accepted. If I never do another thing, quote unquote, for God, I am going to be just as loved and accepted by my heavenly father as ever. Mm-hmm. And so when we come to rest in that, then that, that changes everything. And, you know, that's the difference between law and grace. I read a quote many years ago by Watchman Nee. It was so simple and so precise. And I think it's so good. It says law means I do something for God. Grace means God does something for me. Mm. And I think, and that's, you can, that can ask, you know, I think a person can ask yeah. themselves in general, do you feel like your Christian life, do you feel like it's what you're doing for God or do you feel like it's what, what God is doing for you? I would you know, say who's, who's the yeah. giver and who's the receiver in this. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say for me, that's, that's a good question. I would say, you know, for me, it was very much works oriented prior, yeah. you know what I mean? Like what can I do to earn God's favor? And kind of just as you said, you know, I felt like I disappointed him, you know, if yeah. I didn't, you know, they, there's this level of measure. But at the end of the day, I felt like, you know, now I look at it, it's just like, whose standard am I basing this on? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm basing it's, it on human effort. Yeah. And it depends on what group you're in, you know, depending on what group you're in, put, you yeah. know, they, they uh, emphasize certain behaviors that other groups don't emphasize. Exactly right. To our own peer group. Yeah. And now I look at it as, okay, just as a reason, it's just like, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do more or do less. That's going to make him please me or displease, you know, displease him more, I should say, um, than where I'm at. I mean, he loves me, period. It was that, that sacrifice it's done. So, and there's so much relief and just like the weight just comes off. Um, just, and it's, it's about the relationship. The weight starts to come yeah, off. Yeah. I do want to share something real quick with you because it tied into what you said about the prodigal son. I just, I'm almost done the book reading um, Clash of the Covenants by Mike Kapler. I don't yeah, know if you great. read that book. Oh, I, oh, I have. Great yeah. book. Yeah. And I love the part where he, and I never looked at it this way when he's talking about how in the prodigal son that the oldest son resembles the old covenant, the way he looks at it, because this is like, dad, look, I, you know, I've done all this for you. I've done this. And what's he done? You know what I mean? He's like, he's, 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 you know, spent all the money you gave him on, you know, frivolous living and just, you know, he just was out of control and yet you accept him. And that kind of represents the new covenant. Like, so the youngest son represents the new and the oldest son represents the old. I never, I never captured that. Yeah. Anytime I read that now I look at it totally different. It's just like, 
that is, that really opened opened my eyes up yeah. about things, man. And that also kind of illustrates. I heard this a few weeks ago, and I thought it's a great way of saying it. That the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant, of course, dividing right. line is the cross, and I and right. I, I never understood that to the last probably five or seven years or so. It was kind of right before we started writing the book, and a lot of this developed while we were writing it actually. Sure. But um, but the idea that the in in the old covenant, the blessings were backloaded. You know, mm. if you did this, this, and this, and then on the back end, you'll get these blessings and avoid these curses. Yeah. With the new covenant in the gospel, the blessings. It's front loaded. So the old covenant is back loaded. The new covenant is front loaded. We get, you know, we uh, Ephesians one. You have every spiritual blessing in Christ is already yeah. ours. And so in the gospel, the good news, the new covenant, you know, we're made new in Christ at the front end. We get all these blessings at the front end. We are righteous. We are forgiven. We are set apart. We are holy, which is mm. the same thing as set apart. We are righteous. You know, we are loved. We are accepted. We get all that on the front end, and then we that changes how we live yeah. and when we really see ourselves. So we live as a result of not in order that I think those two phrases kind of distinguish the difference too. You know, the old covenant was in order that I do this and this and this in order that this might happen. It's backloaded. In the new covenant, we receive in Christ this, this, and this as a result of that, that changes how we live and how we, and when you, when you, and you kind of filled yourself. You, you no longer, you kind of, it's like a great big sigh of relief. I think you alluded yeah. to that in your own little, that's kind of like, whew, wow. And when you come to that point, what also happens is then you're free to love others. Yeah. Because you're not trying to get something. You know, when, we, when we're not filled with God's love and acceptance, when we don't receive from him, we end up trying to get it from somebody else, yeah. either in other individuals or through the church setting. A lot of people are looking to the local congregation to do for them what only Christ can do but only the father can do through Christ. And, Amen. and, the, and the, the local congregation ends up usurping the role of Christ. And too many pastors encourage that, you know, too many pastors, you know, uh, encourage people to look to that congregation to, sure. to be their source, to be their life, to be their, you know, whatever. And so um, just to know that we get all that on the front end and then, then that frees us up to relax and we're much more enjoyable to be around and uh rest rest it's good it really is good news yeah it is and you said something i just want to kind of you know touch on is that you referenced to you know like on the back end you know it's all this works oriented and tried to please and to achieve and reach whatever goal that is that we can't even accomplish and then on you know on the you know now that christ in the new covenant on the front end he says we're holy we're we're free we're 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 righteous in his eyes and all that. And then like, and then, and then, and then by that approach, it changes the way you think. Right. And then like, almost yeah. like a, a father or like a humanly father talking to a child, you know, if you say these yeah. things, you know, what well, you didn't measure up here, you didn't do this, you didn't yeah. do this. Right. And it's just like, you can't please. But if, but if you have a father, who's like, you know, you're, you're, I love you. You're, you're, you're beautiful. You're, 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 you're perfect in my eyes. And all that, you know, saying all those things, you know, that, help changes even our mindset. You know what I mean? Like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because it's done. You know what I mean? I'm accepted. Yeah. I'm, I'm loved. Would you agree? I'm... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, you know, it frees us to, to give to others. We're, yeah. we're not trying to get from others that way. I, I thought of this, you know, a couple, two, three weeks ago, we were at uh, our daughter's house. Um, we have five sons, one daughter. We had her house for a birthday party for one of the grandkids. And I'm sitting there on the sofa and one of the grandkids just without, any notice without me asking her, it just jumps up on my lap on, on the sofa. And as a grandfather, 
I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I don't need them to do work for me. I don't want them to feel like they have to do something for them. Nothing delights me more than just them letting me hold them. Mm. And, and that's the way our father is with us. You know, he just wants to hold us in that regard. And, you know, we cry out to him, Abba father, you know, that that's a little child. You know, that's, that's uh, and so he just wants us to relate to him. You know, that's the way he wants to relate to us. Not as a boss, not as a manager, even a coach or something like that, but, but as a father. Um, mm. And then, then from that relationship, he will produce, you know, the spirit produces the fruit through us. And I don't, you know, I don't even, I don't know. We haven't had a chance to talk about this. So I don't know, I don't know if, uh, um, you may not even agree with this. I don't know, but you know, I, I hear so much about the term following Jesus mm. and I find myself more and more uncomfortable with the term following Jesus because it implies separation and, and, not, right. and maybe not everybody. There's a lot of people, there's people that I highly respect that use that terminology. And so it's, it's not a litmus test or for fellowship by any means or anything like that. But, but I think for most people, it indicates a separation. You know, mm. that I'm trying to, Jesus is over there, I'm here, and I'm trying to just act like him. I'm trying to mimic him. And, you know, the illustration of the vine and the branches comes to mind. You know, we would never mm. say the branch is following the vine. That doesn't mm. really make sense. You know, yeah. you know, the vine is living through the branch. And so Christ is living through me. And again, that following Jesus kind of makes back to that thing. We're on opposite sides. Okay, am I going to do what I'm going to do? And, you know, the first Corinthians six thing where, where Paul, you know, the, the, the believers at Corinth were doing some pretty bad stuff at times. And so, you know, he didn't tell them, well, come on guys, don't you know, the commandment thou shalt not commit adultery to come on you guys, you got to follow Jesus better than that or something like that. Right. He basically, you know, what he do, he told, he reminded them of who they were, that Christ is right. in you. And he says, you're going to take the members of Christ and join them, you know, with a harlot type of thing. So I think we could just as accurately say Jesus follows us. I mean, yeah. When you're joined together, when Christ is your life, who's following who? You know, you are yeah. one. And so, you know, life in Christ, as I see it, is not me mimicking Jesus. It is Christ in me, just living day to day, you know, as he lives in me. So, Amen. I mean, you, you nailed it. I mean, like the branches are connected to the vine. And he yeah. says it's in scripture. And, and, and the vine you know, is... The vine is separated. part of the branch too. The vine is right. the whole thing. You know, it's, it. it's all intertwined. It's all connected. Yeah, I mean, the the branch is the branch. You know, the branch right. is not the whole thing, but the vine is the whole thing. The vine is right. the roots and the stem and the branch and, and everything. And so, I mean, or or a sail. You know, the the wind, uh, the spirit moves. You know, the wind and the spirit. There's a there's a appropriate analogy there. Sure. You know, if you look at a sailboat or something, uh, well, the boat doesn't follow the wind. You know, the wind's not out in front, and the boat's right. following. You know, the they're they're together you know the wind is is guiding you know the, the sail so christ in us uh, lives so yeah no yeah. I'm, and we should find freedom in that i mean that's oh yeah that's it i mean i love the it you're right you know about following christ i, I love that you're and we can trust him and we can trust him to live in us right you know some of this boils down to okay if i don't really buckle up if yeah. i don't have the determination then it's not going to happen then i'm just going to die on the vine no some of this comes to mm. i can actually trust christ in me to give me the desires that that he has mm. and so it's a matter can i can i trust him to do that and yeah. i'm pretty sure we can <laughs> amen i agree so, i totally agree uh, 
Amen to that. And uh, I'm going to shift gears a little bit because you are a co-host of a podcast that I've, I've come to really uh, enjoy, um, um, enjoy the conversations, but I enjoy the freedom that I'm finding as I'm listening to it, um, as you're talking about the grace message through and through with your brother, Roger. So it's called the Fields Brothers Show. I'd like to know how that vision came about and uh, what could listeners expect listening to that program? The it's about generally 25 minutes long or maybe a little longer. The, the older ones are longer. We used to do about 45 minutes. Then we took a break for a few months. We came back. We, we shortened it. Um, it's a it's a hodgepodge of different stuff. But it's the, the two big categories is we talk about life on this side of the cross. You know, we want to emphasize people don't realize believers don't realize we sure I'm sure I don't fully realize what a huge difference the cross made. Mm. And so um, we need to separate, you know, the old covenant immediately before the cross, the new covenant since the cross. Now I realize, you know, we, Abraham was by faith before the old covenant. So, you know, there's a sense the new covenant is even older than the old covenant because the new covenant is based on faith, which was pictured in Abraham, which was before the old covenant. But anyway, so we talk about new covenant life in Christ, and then we just have fun. We kind of a little bit of, you know, we give each other a hard time uh, at times and we joke about, you know, Cracker Barrel or golf or his, uh, he has a wedding farm and some of the experiences he has on the wedding farm, or he's a realtor and some of his experiences of that. We jump around different topics. Um, we kind of take turns guiding a podcast. So I'll, I'll kind of guide the, you know, take the lead on one that he'll take the lead on the next one. But, um, it was his idea to do it. So we, uh, he, you know, you know, they're not expensive to do, you know, we just had to buy a little bit of equipment. We pay just a little bit of money every month, as you know, to, you know, for yeah. going to have a podcast host, but that, you know, that doesn't cost much a month. And so, um, but it is amazing as to what you're seeing with yours. I mean, the technology, the reach you can have, I mean, mm. I mean, it goes all over the world, literally. And so, uh, that's amazing. I mean, I compare it to my early days of preaching to 120 people or so, um, well, some of them were kids, some of them were in the nursery. So I was only preaching to probably 80 <laughs> or 90, but uh, on a Sunday morning versus the reach that a podcast can have now, you know, you know, not that that makes me more spiritual or more valuable to God or more loved. Absolutely not. But it is, it's a blessing. So we, we enjoy doing that. And, uh, you know, we're not, we each have our own day jobs. And so it's a blessing to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, we're not trying to turn it into a Roger sometimes will mention on there that it's, you know, we are not listener supported. So, you That's know, right. <laughs> and he'll say, you know, don't send any money. If you do, Jeff will just blow it on golf. So don't That's send right. us any money. Um, <laughs> sometimes I referred a, a phrase I thought of a while back that I use occasionally. You may have heard me mention it, that I, I see myself as a pastor of reverse discipleship. Yes. I listened and to that so, today, actually. This okay. morning I heard that. <laughs> okay. And, you know, uh, so much stuff in, in quote unquote discipleship classes, you know, yeah. basically are kind of flesh trips. Okay. They're Galatians three all over again here's what you got to do to keep growing in christ and all this stuff and so a lot of times as and this is why i'm you know we've all gone through this you know to really see the grace of god in christ see the good news of the new covenant you kind of have to unlearn a bunch of stuff yeah you know you can't just add it to what you've learned a lot of times it has to replace what we've learned Mm. at times and so we have to unlearn some stuff so that's why i might call myself a pastor of reverse discipleship that i want to help folks unlearn things that they were taught in discipleship classes so that's really good uh yeah i call like going through the deconstruction phase you know that seems to be the new term everybody's kind of saying and we have fun uh, with it we have you know we laugh at each other laugh with each other and at each other at times and uh so uh, i I think people appreciate that you know we want to kind of 
Yeah, you keep it real. Exemplifying what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, you know, we're talking about restfulness. We're talking about being in the love of God and joy. And so hopefully, you know, and and that's real. I mean, we don't put a show on for that. I mean, that's just the way we are. And so hopefully, you know, it comes across not only in the content of what we're saying, but also how we're saying it. Um, Yeah is consistent with what we're saying so it's it's definitely great chemistry i mean uh and uh it's definitely i know it's something that god truly placed in your heart you can just uh i can just tell by listening to both of you guys um it was his idea i it pains me to say that but it yeah. was his idea so, but <laughs> I, I went along so and the book was as well we actually had the book first and so it was his idea to write a book he said i want to write you know he asked me about writing it with it so okay sure why not so we well, did that first and then the podcast came later well, that's a great segue because I was getting ready to dive in. You know, you, you do have this book called Breaking the Hex. Um, and I'd like you to kind of share a little bit about it. Um, maybe first explain what is the hex. Okay, yeah. And what led you to write it? Well, um, definitely I was driving down the road, minding my own business in my day job one day. I'm waiting to an appointment and Roger calls me and says, I've got a project for you. I said, uh, so let's write a book together. I said, well, okay. And um and so we started out just writing little short chapters. I think we were thinking of a devotional type of book. So we just started writing random little chapters, this important things that were on our heart and mind, you know, regarding life in Christ and scripture and all that. And as we got into it, you know, kind of started to take shape. And, and I realized along the way that a lot of what we were and his wife had encouraged him actually to him to write a book. And he told her, I said, well, if I'm going to write a book, I want Jeff to help me on this. So, so that's what got us started. And then as we got into it, we realized a lot of what we were writing was along the lines of Galatians chapter three. And so mm-hmm. that's where the title comes from. Most translations for Galatians three start out something like this. You foolish Galatians who has bewitched you. That's kind of a very common translation. Um, at that time, the message uh, paraphrase, or some say it's a translation too, but um, the message said something more along the lines of you crazy Galatians who has put a hex on you. Now, I believe in the last year or two, the message has changed their wording in that. And so if someone goes now to the current message of the version of the message, I don't think the word hex is in there anymore, but it was, it was right. several years ago, or five years ago it was. So who has put a hex on you? And so that's when Paul in Galatians three, I talked a little bit about it earlier, the, the danger of, you know, the Galatian believers started out in Christ, started out through the spirit, but were trying to finish his work through their own fleshly effort. And so the hex is when we try to combine the two. The hex is, or being bewitched, as some translations, is when we try to combine, essentially trying to combine the old covenant with the new covenant, trying to combine grace with law, trying to mix the two together. And so the subtitle of our book is Life with God After the Cross Killed Religion. So it's Breaking Mm -hmm. the Hex, Life with God After the Cross Killed Religion. And so... And the idea of the cross-killing religion comes from Colossians 2, where it talks about this written code that was against us was nailed to the cross. So that that system was nailed to the cross. And so the book, um, and Roger's a very creative individual, and so we wanted this book to be different. We saw a lot of Christian books out there fall in one of two categories, either uh, legalistic side or just what we considered kind of a wishy-washy God is love, and I mean God is love, but I think a you know what I mean? You know, that is just too, yep. God accepts anything. There's no such thing as sin. It's just anything mm. goes that type of, you know, uh, spirituality or whatever, for lack of a better term. But, but we saw, you know, what we want to say is different than either of those. Now, since then, we've realized other people have seen this too and written it, such as, you know, the, 
the uh, Clash of the Covenants that you mentioned, mm-hmm. with Mike Kampler, a great book, uh, very similar things. And that's been the amazing thing, too. After we wrote this, we had never, a lot of these great teachers, some that we even quote in the book, we really didn't know who they were. We didn't know who Andrew Farley was at the time. We quoted him in the book a couple of times because Roger found some quotes on Twitter, but we, we had no idea who he was. I'd never heard him preach. I never read any of his books. And then after about a year, our book was out almost a year, and I came across Andrew online, and I started listening to him. But I mean, everything he's saying is exactly what we put in the book. Later on, he endorsed our book. So if someone buys the book now on Amazon, uh, his endorsement's right on the front of our book. Awesome. But that's the beauty of this thing. When you see, when, when God reveals the, the old covenant, new covenant divide to somebody, and you see the grace of God in Christ, the new covenant, everybody starts seeing the same thing. Yeah. And everybody starts writing the same thing and everybody starts teaching the same thing and they're not stealing from each other. They're not, you know, yeah. not plagiarizing. It's just, there really becomes a unity of thought. You know, there's some differences a little bit, but, but that's a thing of beauty. And so as we, um, the book is extremely short chapters. It's one of the easiest books a person could ever read. Uh, very short chapters, large print, different fonts. There's different pictures, diagrams, charts, it's a little bit humorous. We start early in the book at the beginning of it. I wrote a, an obituary to religion. So it's kind of a humorous uh, parody of the fact that the religious obligation died on the cross. So I, I write a little obituary to that at, at the front of the book. So it's available on Amazon, um, 10 bucks plus their shipping. And uh, again, we don't need it. We're not making an income stream off of this. And we basically sell enough books to pay for the podcast host every month. And that's, <laughs> that's, fine. that's fine with this, but it's a blessing to hear yeah. people's response to the book. Sure. You know, sometimes people want to order 10 or 20 at a time. And I got a friend of mine that's used it in kind of a halfway house type of situation with some young ladies. Mm. And it's been very impactful for them. And, mm. uh, you know, we, we did not write it. We continually talked about what we write. We, we were not writing it for people like Roger and me. We were not writing it for people who went to Bible college we never even used the phrase new covenant or old covenant anywhere right. in the book. And that was by design because we didn't want it to come across sounding churchy or religious or sure. complicated or theological and all that. So that's why we talk about before the cross and after the cross. We have a little diagram that illustrates that in there. And uh, so it was a lot of fun and, and we're, we're glad it's out there and um, enjoy it continuing to, to get out there at times. That's great. That's great. Uh, I have to admit, I haven't read it yet. I, I am going to order it. I'm going to get me a copy. Um, I have several books I've been going through right now, uh, but I definitely, I definitely want to get it. So uh, I'll, I'll be getting one here soon. Jeff, we're, get, we're getting ready to wrap up here soon, but uh, I'm going to kind of give you an opportunity. Is there a particular verse or scripture or something that God has you focused on right now, um, you know, as of recent that, that comes to mind that you'd like to share? The, you know, a verse that's come to my mind a lot of the last few months is, is the Romans 7, I think it's verse 6, where it talks about we serve not in the old way of the written code, but the new way of the Spirit. Mm. And, you know, it's easy to take even the New Testament, what we call the New Testament, the 27 books, and turn them into a, a new written code. And that's just not, and so we end up with a kind of revised vision of the old code. And, and the other verse that goes with that, the kind of at, at first glance, might not seem related, but I think it is. The verse that comes to mind an awful lot, that knowledge from, uh, I honestly can't remember if it's 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians, uh, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Mm. And when life is by a written code, uh, that knowledge puffs up. I, I think it's really telling that in a lot of Christian circles, the most 
advanced, the most spiritual, supposedly the most advanced, spiritually mature people are the ones that also happen to have the most seminary degrees and happen to be the smartest and happen to have the highest intellects. Mm. And I'm thinking if, if our structures, if our systems tends to end up that way, that, you know, I think, okay, something's wrong there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, knowledge builds up, a love puffs up. And then there's mm. a tendency and you've probably seen it. And I'm, and I, you know, I have to watch myself, you know, there, there's such a thing as what some have called the grace jerks. You know, you don't mm-hmm. want to be a grace jerk, you know, that you become proud and arrogant yeah. about seeing something that others, I mean, I'm sure there's so much stuff that I've not seen. So I, I hopefully keep that mm. in mind, but so a new way, the spirit, not the old way, the written code, that is not by, you know, following the rules. Yeah. It's by the spirit. That doesn't mean by feelings. It's different. Spirit's different than feelings, but that knowledge puffs up and love builds up. And so, you know, the fruit of the spirit is love, you know, and other things, but, but primarily love. And so, uh, that's kind of actually last night. Now this is really current during the night. I kind of woke up and I found myself thinking about, you know, Luke two fifty two that Jesus grew and, and says in favor with God and man. And then I looked up that word favor. The Greek's actually grace. It's the word mm. charis or cars for grace. And I, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm still thinking that through. That'll probably be in wow. the future podcast, you know, okay. Yeah. How, did, how did Jesus grow in favor with God yeah. or grow in grace? You know, St. Peter talks about growing in grace. And so I just find that, you know, I'm, again, I'm just now thinking that through. How did the son of yeah. God, you know, one with the father, how did he grow in mm. grace? Now, obviously, he didn't become more righteous. He didn't become more loved. He didn't yeah. become more holy. But there was still some type of growth there. And I think that has implication for our spiritual growth. So I'm still working through that. So, I'll learn. But, you know, mm. you know, that's an example of, okay, rather than pulling out every commentary that I have, that I still have, you know, and what do they say about Luke 52, 252? I'm kind of pointing out, okay, Holy Spirit, you know, Holy Spirit's our primary teacher. You know, so I was like, Spirit of God, what do you want me to see in that? Yeah. And, you know, so I would encourage folks to do that, to, to allow the Holy Spirit to be your teacher, even more than the Fields Brothers or Andrew Farley or whoever. You know, it's awfully easy to, to start sure. letting good teachers kind of replace the voice of the Spirit in our heart. And, and there is mm. no replacement. There is no substitute for the the voice of the spirit in our heart um, mm. and the love that comes with that. So. Oh, wow. That, that's very powerful. And uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, there's, and how many times have we heard it? I remember hearing it when I was part of an institutional church where someone would say, well, I heard pastor so-and-so is not going to be there yeah. today and I'm not going to go because <laughs> I know yeah. so-and-so is filling in, but you know, I'm really going to miss, you know, he doesn't yeah. quite, come across at the message a certain way. And we got to be careful with that. We got to be very careful yeah. about what, what are we really listening to and what, what are we really listening yeah. for? Yeah. So, uh, so that's very, that's very powerful. Um, all right. As we're getting ready to wrap up, I want to give you an opportunity for people to connect with you. Maybe yeah. learn more about the Fields Brothers show or learn more how they can get the book, Breaking the Hex. Uh, the uh, Breaking the Hex yeah. is, is available on Amazon, or if you want to order a bulk where you don't have to pay the shipping, it's still $10. If uh, you know what, five or 10 or more, uh, you can email me, uh, Jeff at thefieldsbrothers.com. So we have a website, thefieldsbrothers.com. There's not a lot of, honestly, there's not a lot of other than we put the podcast on there every week but other than that there's not much uh, content that's changing there <laughs> there's an article on there it says new article by jeff and i think i wrote that like it's been up there for like three years or so <laughs> um 
So the email though is uh, Jeff, J-E-F-F, Jeff at the fields and fields is plural. So with an S in there. So Jeff at the fields brothers, uh, dot com, uh, podcast, the fields brothers show. Um, I'm on Facebook. We have a fields brothers uh, show Facebook page. So, um, and a breaking the hex Facebook page as well. Um, Rogers on, on Facebook. So, um, but if you want to, you know, email Jeff at the fields brothers.com is a good way to direct or messenger through, uh, through Facebook messenger. So. Awesome. Jeff, I really enjoyed our conversation today. I really enjoyed. Thank that. you, Rob. This, this oh. has been great. No, I, I really, really did enjoy it. Um, you know, the message that you shared in, in regards to life on this side of the cross is very yeah. powerful. Yeah. So Jeff, I just want to thank you for being on the resolute men podcast today. Oh, I, I appreciate you asking. And, um, like I said, it's been a blast. Time's flown by. Yeah, it has. Again, I really enjoy it. Well, well, take care and God bless. Thank you, Rob. You can check out previous episodes on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join the conversation with us on Instagram and on ResoluteMen.org. 